It's about to get real. Let's join our brother Randy Lightborn as he ministers from the sermon topic, Finishing Well. From the country, Somerset. My mother was a pastor for over 30 years, so I knew right from wrong. I was brought up to serve God, but I chose to go my own way, and I suffered terrible for it. But I thank God that I've had a road to Damascus experience, and I've rededicated my life and my heart to God, so that God's will can be done in my life. My name is Brother Randy Lightman. Join me as I share the word of God. My topic tonight is called Finishing Vow. Finishing Vow. It's sort of right on time for the finishing of the Olympics. <laughs> but that's what God has laid on my heart. It's called Finishing Vow. My main scripture tonight is going to come out of um, 2 Timothy the third chapter, verses 1 to 7. Let us read the word of God. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. Truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. May God have a blessing to the reading of his holy word. I have two points that I want to go with this topic. And the first point is called the fight. And the second point is called the finish. These are the points that I want to come from tonight in terms of highlighting the importance of finishing well in our walk. So I want to go straight into point number one, which is called the fight. If you think back on these those verses that I just read to you that are found in 2 Timothy 3, 1 and 2. It's important to highlight that this is Paul writing to Timothy. And as we will see as we go farther in, in this message today, that this was at a time in Paul's life when Paul was coming to the end of his life. Scripture will go on to say that Paul highlights that he knows that his departure is at hand. And he writes this letter 
to Timothy when he is again in a dungeon. And it's clear to him that he will be facing imminent death. But he writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3 and uses the words that in the end, in the last days, perilous times, dangerous times, evil times, demonic times will come. And then if you took the time to count them, you'll find that he gives 19 different indicators of what it's going to be like in them times. Not only what it's going to be like, but what the people, he talks about people being disobedient to their parents, heady, boastful, proud, covetous. 19 different indicators. And when you read these verses, it seems like I'm reading something from out of an everyday newspaper. Because these are the descriptions of the world we live in. These are the clear indicators to us that we are in these last days. Those last days that Paul mentions to Timothy that are coming and that they're going to be promised, we are actually in them days. All those descriptions, those 19 indicators are ever present in our everyday life. This is what we are up against every day of your life. The minute you walk out your house, so the minute you turn on your internet, these people and these instances are waiting. These perilous times are ever before us. And that's what brings me to my topic where it talks about the fight. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 to 5. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 to 5, because this sets up the fight. This is Paul again speaking to Timothy. And he says, I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves, teachers having itchy ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, Make full proof of thy ministry. Praise the Lord. That immediately, when you read it in its totality, you see clearly that Paul is instructing Timothy that he needs to get into this fight. That in light of what he had just said in chapter 3 of Timothy, which will be just earlier in the latter to Timothy. He described these perilous times. 
he described this very serious time period that he is going to be facing. But his next instructions to him is that you need to be ready. He says that we need to have a mindset that we're always prepared to be about God's work. He says in the second verse of the scripture text that I just read in in 2 Timothy 4, he says, preach the word. Preach it. He goes on to say, be in it. Be diligent. Be instant. In season and out of season. So basically, there is no holiday. There is no break. At all times, you've got to be into this word of God. He says to rebuke, reprove, correct, encourage, exhort, all these things. He highlights that the time is coming that those people who are claiming to be even children of God will not endure sound doctrine. So you need to understand that y'all got to be in a fight because they're going to be fighting against you. These 19 indicators show you what type of fight you're up against. He tells Timothy to be diligent in season and out of season. Fight the good fight. We can't get away from the responsibility that is before us as children of God. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 9, 26 and 27. Again, highlighting Paul, giving you the mindset that he operated in. It says in 1 Corinthians 9, 26 and 27, Paul speaking here, I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that beat the air, but I keep under my body and I bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Praise the Lord for the reading of his word. Paul said, he uses, again, it's a sort of an appropriate ominology as we end this Olympics. He's using an athletic expression when he talks about I run. Not as someone that's uncertain or don't know what they're doing. Or one that beat in the air don't ain't sure about what they're doing. Paul realizes that his inner fight. We as children of God have to understand that if we have named the name of Jesus as part of our life, then we have to be different. We are already up against these 19 indicators, these heady people, these holy people with a proud look on their face, these covetous people, these people that are evil, truth breakers, backbiters. These are the things that we're up against. And I want to highlight that a lot of those people that he was describing were so-called saints. You'll find a lot of these 19 indicators right in the house of God. So we need to understand when Paul says that I run, not as one that is uncertain. I'm so focused and I'm so aware of the fight that I'm in. 
that I bring my body under subjection so that none of those 19 indicators don't become part of my life, don't become part of my makeup, don't become part of my character. So much so that it would in the end cause me to be a castaway. This is the word of God that Paul gave to Timothy. And it is relevant today in this life. If you want to be a child of God, there is a fight that you have got to be in. You got to fight starting the ball with yourself. Paul said, I beat my body. I keep it on the subjection because it naturally wants to lean to those 19 indicators. It naturally wants to do its own self. Paul goes in another verse to the Corinthians and says that we need to be careful. Anyone who thinks that he stands, lest he fall. There are many Christians walking with their heads up in the air like they are without sin, like sin is beyond them, like they have already arrived and become perfect. You need to be ever aware of those 19 indicators because many of them are at your front door. Many of them are just beneath the surface. Many of them are just waiting for the right circumstances, the, the right situation to come up and they will show their face. Paul said, I keep my body under subjection so that these 19 indicators don't get in the way of the walk that I should be walking with God. I naturally want to do my own thing. I'm afraid of myself. I don't trust my flesh. I know that in my flesh, I will lean to these 19 indicators. Even those people who we would consider to be the most morally responsible and respectable people have certain of these characteristics that they need to fight against. We all need to bring our flesh on the subjection. Many of us have been saved for years, but are we in the fight? If you're going to live for God, you've got to realize that you're in a fight. You're in a fight, first of all, before you get out of that bed with your own flesh. You're in a fight against those 19 indicators that are waiting at your front door. We need to understand that if we are going to finish well, we've got to be understanding that every day we are a soldier. Every day our mind is battle ready. Every day we know that we're in a fight. Every day we know that we need to bring our flesh on the subjection because we naturally want to go our own way. We can fight this fight. We can be like Paul is saying to Timothy, be instant in season and out of season. Those instructions to preach the word. <laughs> That's a big one too, preach the word. A lot of people say that preachers claim to, they say that I'm preaching the word because they're preaching from the Bible. The Bible is the word, but there are many that is preaching, but not the word. Because you're preaching from the Bible, it doesn't mean that you're preaching the word of God because men have taken the word of God and twisted it to suit themselves. 
Paul doesn't say preach from the word of God. Paul says preach the word of God. That's the difference. We can't do this unless we are got ourselves in a fighting mentality. This isn't an easy walk as a child of God. Because if you're serious about finishing well, if you're serious about being used of God, you are always aware of these 19 indicators. They are waiting for you on your jobs, in your family, in your relationships. Wherever you go, there are these types of people that have got demonic influences in their lives. They'll fight against you and don't even know that they're doing it. They don't intend to. But their spirit fights against yours. You need to know that you're in a fight every day. Every day Satan is like a roaring, roaming lion. Take a look at a lion and see how he operates. His looking to destroy. His merciless. If we are to be what God would have us to be, we've got to understand that we're in a fight. Let's look at Romans 4 and then at Philemon 1 next. It's a very short verse. It just reads, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. This is Paul speaking in this reading here. In Philemon, it's only one chapter, but verses 23 and 24, Paul again says, there salute thee at Paphos, my fellow prisoner in Jesus Christ. Then he says, Marcus, Aratacus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow labors. Remember these names. Marcus is really Mark. It's the, the Greek that's saying Mark from the gospel, Mark John, and the name Demas. These are all fellow workers. Paul describes them as his fellow soldiers. Fellow soldiers. Workers for Christ. Workers that are putting up a good fight. Workers that are trying to represent God in their lives. We live in a time when there's so much going on that we find ourselves constantly struggling to make sure that we're not part-time Christians. There are soldiers that are in the army, in, in different armies, but they have a different name for them. They're called reserves. They're only called upon at certain times if it's a civil disruption going on. They'll call the reserves, especially in America. They have a thing also in, in England. Certain soldiers that only get called up for certain times. They're not full-time soldiers. They have regular jobs. As a child of God, we are not reserves. I continue to use this word because I believe it's something that we need to take seriously. We need to learn what this word means and to live it. We are fiduciaries for Christ. We're never off duty. We're in a fight all day, every day. We have an enemy that is seeking our soul. He's seeking to embarrass you. He's seeking to bring shame to the name of God. And if you're not fighting a good fight, if you're not in season, instant, diligent, in season and out of season, or when you think you should be cooling out, Satan is waiting to steal your glory. 
Satan is waiting to allow your flesh to control you. Paul says, I bring it on. I beat it. I beat it. Almost like a boxing term. I beat it. My flesh into subjection to the word of God. Because I know what my flesh wants to do. I don't need to know what your flesh needs to do. I know what my mind wants. I know how I want to go my own way. I know what's underneath here. I know what I've been saved from. So I fight to keep that under subjection to the word of God so that I don't get caught up in the foolishness. Paul is clearly showing us that we're in a call to be in a fight. This walk as a Christian isn't meant for the faint of heart because we live by faith. God becomes our strength. This isn't this new psychological gospel that's being preached out to now that you just got to think positive and be positive and <laughs> all this naming and claiming and blabbing and grabbing type of stuff. That's not the gospel that's in this Bible. That's not the gospel Paul talked about that he's keeping his body on the sub subjection to. He says that all, he uses the word all so that nobody gets confused. All those that will live godly shall suffer persecution. And if you're being prosecuted, you know that you're in a fight because you've got somebody persecuting you. You've got somebody fighting against you. All of us who are seeking to please God and to be what God would have us to be, we need to be described the way Paul described Demas and he described uh, uh, Marcus and, 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 and Lucas and these guys. These were fellow workers, fellow soldiers in this fight to represent God. We ain't meant to be part-time Christians. We ain't meant to be Christian reserves. Showing up on Sunday or showing up on Wednesday nights. We're meant to be full-time Christians in a fight all day, every day. We're meant to be soldiers. We sung that song, we are soldiers in the army of the Lord. We sung that song, what if God is not happy with our praise? What if God is not happy with the way we live? We are in a fight, saints. Even those that ain't saved realize that they're in a fight. Even the person that hasn't accepted Jesus Christ understands that because of the 19 indicators that are out there, those negative people, those bad-minded people, they realize from a moral standpoint they're in a fight to represent themselves well. They understand that if they want to achieve stuff in their lives, they've got to discipline themselves. So much more, we as children of God, we are meant to represent God. We are meant to understand that we have to be fully dedicated to God. Not sometime. If you want to finish this walk, wow, you're going to understand that it takes a fight every day, all day in your life. It takes you being honest with yourself first and then understanding those 19 indicators that are waiting those demonic 
indicators that are written out there for you. It talked about people ever learning and never coming to a knowledge of the truth. They're in church all day. They know a lot of stuff about God, but they're never maturing. They're never coming to a full knowledge of God. He talked about people who don't want to listen to sound doctrine. And you're going to be fighting against them too. Because they're going to be fighting against you. We need to understand that in this walk, if you're serious about representing God, you've got to be different. We ain't trying to fit in with the world. We are trying to be Christ in this world. We are trying to be that light. The world is going the way that they're going. But inside, their souls are crying out for a true light, a true deliverance. And we need to show that we have it. We have the answer. We need to be representing Christ in this fight. It's a call to fight every day, all day. We cannot finish now if we don't fight. If we don't put up a good fight. When you look at it from an athletic standpoint, if you don't put up a good fight in your athletic endeavor, you obviously ain't going to finish well. You can start out well. You can look good for a while. But how are you going to finish? The only way that we can finish well is starting out in this fight and keep fighting to the end. Understanding, first of all, that you are in a fight. You are called to fight. You're not called to fit in. You're not called to be a sometime Christian. You're called to fight a good, hard fight every day, all day. Let's go to my second point. My second point deals with the finish. My topic being finishing well. This point, we're going to highlight the importance of how you finish. I put this picture up. Of Duffy, because it's a beautiful example when we talk about this fight, especially as it relates to her as the first Bermudian to get a girl medal, but also the sport endeavor that she represented is so relevant to how our walk has been pressed. That event is an event of endurance. It faces three main different technical areas of participation to get to that finish. You got to swim, you got to cycle, and then you got to run. Ultimately, you get to where she is in the end and she's the winner. What I want to highlight in this point, the finish, is that in our walk with God, sometimes we're going to be swimming. Sometimes we're going to be cycling. Sometimes we're going to have to run to the finish line. But if you don't put up a fight in all those areas, when you do get to your finish, the question will be asked, did you finish well? Are you able to say that you finished well? If you look at her race, 
you will see that she didn't lead all the way. There were others that led at different points. How you're leading your life right now doesn't necessarily mean you're going to finish that way if you're not putting in the right fight. If you're not using your wisdom, if you're not got the right fighting attitude, you're not guaranteed to finish well. Let's look at 2 Timothy again. I'm going to pick up from where we left off in chapter 4 from verse 6. And I want to read all the way to verse 11. This is Paul again speaking to Timothy. Remember his situation. Paul is in prison. Death is at his door. He knows it. He knows it from the outright indicators that are being performed and maybe even through the Holy Spirit revealing to him. But he knows that death is adamant. We know from history that he died within a year of writing this letter to Timothy. But it reads as follows, verse 6, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. He goes on to say, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Listen to what it's saying now. Then he goes on to explain, Henceforth there is laid out for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. He goes on to say, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me for Demas. The same Demas he talked about less than 10 years earlier in that first letter. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, and Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. And he goes on to say, take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. He highlights her, take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Can we go to Hebrews 3, uh, verse 14? It says, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold, listen to the instruction here. It's an if, it's a condition. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. So clearly it's telling you that there's a difference. You know, you start out that way. It's not the answer. It's not the complete answer. It says that if we hold the beginning of our confidence, the beginning of our relationship with God, our work with God, our fight with God, steadfast unto the end. Praise the Lord. And let's read, lastly, 2 Corinthians 5 and 10. 2 Corinthians 5 and 10. It says, for we must all, this word all is very important, and it's going to continue to highlight that, all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he have done. Rather it be good or bad. May God have a blessing to the reading of his word. I want to go back to 2 Timothy 6, where Paul says to Timothy, listen, 
Ozzy told him to be instant in season and preach the word of God and be instant and rebuke, exhort, and all that type of stuff. After he told them that, you know, people's not going to endure sound doctrine, he's saying that, listen, I'm fought a good fight. I've been in this fight for years. I've been in this fight from when I got knocked off my horse. Well, I'm sure it was a horse on you. On the road to Damascus. I've been in a fight ever since the truth has been revealed to me. I have told in many of my letters before that I bring my body under subjection because I know what I'm like. I know that I'm prone to sin. I know that my flesh wants to do what it wants to do. But I keep it under subjection. I'm staying focused. I'm for a good fight. And my departure is at hand. And any day now, they're going to come and behead me. Sure enough, they did do it. But he knew it. And his being in this position, such a soldier, such a fighter, his encouraging Timothy, in spite of his circumstances, is such a soldier, is such a fighter, He's saying, listen, I'm for the good fight. I'm kept the faith. I've kept my confidence unto the end. Then he highlights a very important thing. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. We need to know our works cannot save us. They cannot save us. We would never be good enough to save ourselves. But when we in faith accept Jesus Christ and his finished work of Calvary on that cross as our Lord and Savior, we are able to have access into heaven. Access into heaven is just the beginning. When you get to heaven, Paul talks about not just me, but all those who love his appearance, all those who are fighters, all those who are sticking to the fight, all those who will finish well, will find that there is an inheritance because of the true works you were doing. Those works didn't get you saved. Those works are part of proving that you are saved. They prove the sanctification that has happened in your life. It proves the fight that you're putting up every day. In this life, we want to do our own thing, but we're called to fight. We're called to be full-time ministers of God. Not part-time, not reserves. Fighting a good fight every day. Paul said that he kept his mind on Christ. He finished his course. He kept the faith. This is what we need to do. We need to be in a position at the end of our lives to be able to say, like Paul says, he's in a dungeon. Let's not get confused, sir. This isn't no name it and claim it, blub it and grab it, this glorious Christian life that this psychological gospel is preaching out there right now. This was the gospel of Christ. This was the gospel that Jesus Christ came and died for man. Okay? He paid the price. He rose again. And those of us who accept what Jesus Christ has done are empowered to face whatever we have to face. And Paul facing a dungeon, living in a dungeon, says, listen, I'm captivated. I'm finished my course. Just so that you know that your course 
Your fight doesn't mean that it's going to be an easy road. Paul, being an indicator, shows you that it's going to be a rough road. He's telling you that I'm Captain Faith. I'm done what God wanted me to do, even though I'm in a dungeon. Even though I look like a loser. I kept my faith. I kept fighting. I made up my mind that I'm going to finish well. Not what nobody else thinks. I brought my body on the subjection. I'm acting like the soldier of Christ. He talks about his fellow soldiers. I read to you earlier in Philemon and in Carl Lashwood's where Paul highlighted these fellow soldiers, these workers who were fighting like him. Ten years later, when he is at the end of his life, facing death, you see Demas' name come up again. And if you remember what I read, it says Paul highlights that he's in this place. The only person that's with him is Luke. And that Demas has forsaken the work of the kingdom, having loved this present world. I want you to understand something's happened, huh? This was a guy that was in the fight. This was a guy that was in the race. Ten years ago, Paul called him a fellow soldier. Paul, at the end of his death, brings up this guy, Demas' name again, and says that Demas has forsaken God, forsaken him also, being in love with this present world. Saints, how you start is not important. No matter what they think of you, there are many lawyers, judges, doctors, police officers, people who started out in prestigious positions and ended their lives in shame because we found out that they weren't fighting a good fight, even from a moral standpoint. They was doing stuff that they shouldn't have been doing. We as children of God, if we don't keep fighting, we can find ourselves loving this present world and being distracted by this present world and being in demons. Demons forsake this God loving this present world. How you start is not as important as how you finish. You've got to be in this fight. You've got to be really serious about your walk with God. You've got to understand that you are a soldier in this army of representing God. Paul had that mentality. Facing the end of his life, he knew he had kept the faith. He knew, despite what his circumstances looked like, despite whether people liked him or thought highly of him, he was in the fight. He was focused. He was doing God's work, and he knew it. He highlights that demons gave up loving this present world. I need you to know that if you don't keep fighting, this world is very attractive, and it will seduce you from this walk with God. They will seduce you to doctrines that make Christianity something that is not. There are Christian, so-called Christian doctrines and churches and, and organizations that make it very comfortable for you to be a Christian or to be called a Christian. But we know that those of us who are fighting this fight know that when you're in a fight, it's not comfortable. 
if the soul that is not comfortable, we don't want to be in any church, in any organization, in any religion that makes us feel comfortable doing stuff that we know we shouldn't be doing. We're called to be in a fight. And every day is a challenge for us to start with ourselves, to look within ourselves, to bring our flesh on the subjection so that when we do get to the end, we can say, like Paul, because Paul says, not just for me, henceforth there is laid up for me this kind of righteousness, and not me only, but all who's going to put up that good fight. All who finish well have an inheritance. Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians that that inheritance is sent up there through the gold, silver, and precious stones that you do as a worker for, for, for God. If you're doing stuff, whether it's in the church or anywhere else, that's not for the kingdom, it's wood, hay, and stubble, and it's going to be burned up. It has no inheritance. Paul, despite his circumstances, despite imminent death, being there, Paul says, I'm for a good fight. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. This is the fighting attitude we need to have. And it's a fight that goes from the time you're saved, every step of the way, until God calls you home. He mentions Mark in that saying, 2 Timothy 4, verse 10. He highlights to Timothy, bring Mark. He says, bring Mark, because he is profitable for the ministry. Those of us who have read Acts would know that also when Mark started out in this war, Mark got weak. Mark couldn't handle the fight. He backed out of it. He backed out and went back home because Galatia was some hard territory that Barnabas and Paul was in. He backed out of it. I said, no, 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 no. Those that study Mark would know that Mark came from a wealthy family. He wasn't used to this roughness. He, he couldn't handle it. He backed out. Scripture goes on to, to um, say that when Paul and, and Barnabas wanted to go to on a second missionary journey, Barnabas wanted to take Mark again with him. And Paul said, oh, no, oh, no. This is a Ramsey Pemsey. He ain't no serious Christian. He don't want to fight. And Barnabas kept trying to convince Paul that Mark was changed and that Mark wanted to make up his mind. But Paul would have nothing to do with it because Paul was a soldier. Because Mark was weak in that area and Paul was serious about the work he had to do, he didn't want to take a chance bringing this guy that I couldn't depend on. God in his mercy intervenes and lets Barnabas take Mark to one place and Paul gets Silas to, to another place. The word of God gets spread even wider. And in time, Mark proved that Barnabas was right. Because Mark stayed with Barnabas and Mark went through that uh, missionary being with him. And Mark kept the faith. Mark kept the fight. So much so that he ends up hooking up with Peter and writing what's called St. Mark and First Peter. That was written by Mark. Paul, in the end of his life, 10 to 15 years later, 
after that experience that he didn't want to have nothing to do with Mark, he's able to say that this guy, Mark, is finishing well. Bring him because he's profitable to the ministry. How you start out, whether good or bad, really don't matter. Mark started out bad, but finishes well. Demas started out good, but finishes weak. In this walk, how we finish is what really comes because Paul highlights that there is an inheritance waiting for us in heaven. Every man must stand before God and give an account before God for the good or bad he has done in this life. I encourage you as children of God, I encourage you to fight the good fight. God will be your strength. It don't matter what you go through. It don't matter how it looks in life when you finish. Paul finishes in a dungeon with his head being chopped off. But he said, I'm for a good fight. I'm kept the faith. I kept my flesh on the subjection. I gave myself fully to my Lord and Savior. I chose to work for God as a full-time soldier, as a full-time athlete. We need to make our mind up that in this day, we want to finish well. Starting out good, it don't come. Starting out bad, don't come. How you pick up your cross, how you get into this fight, how you give your life over to God is the only thing that's going to make a difference. Because when you get to heaven, it's how you finish that comes. Because you've got to give an account for it. I pray that something that I've said tonight touches your spirit and that the Holy Spirit reveals to you what you need to do in terms of getting into this fight for God. Give yourself over to God. And let him bring you in this fight. Let him use you in this fight. So you can say at the end of your journey that I finished well. Praise the Lord, everyone. <laughs>